1: So Herod had, he spent 40 years to bring in dirt and rubble and create this large, what we call it, a, a temple platform, which is this great, this big area like here. So this is the, this is the temple, the original temple where the Holy of Holies is. And this area is not very big. It's about uh, 10 by 20 yards. That's all the size of it, about the size of this platform. The temple courts are huge. Josephus said it was the size of six stadia. Stadia is where we get our word stadium. And they've done uh, research. They've gone up and measured all this. You can put 12 football fields up on the Temple Mount. And that's where the disciples would go every day to worship. They went there every day to sing psalms. They went there every day to hear Peter and John teach Uh, them the truths of god now uh, right here this area right here this this area right here this has all been destroyed the romans destroyed it in 70 a.d but the only part that's left is part of this foundation and that's where the western wall is whenever you see a picture of the western wall it's right there these steps you see these steps right here these are called the southern steps and guess what they're still there the original steps are there When Jesus went into the temple, he literally, Jesus, the steps he walked up, he walked up these steps and went in those two doors. David said, David, Psalm 8410, better to spend one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. I remember as a little child growing up, my mama, five kids, on Saturday night, she made sure we had our haircuts. Our Sunday clothes were laid out. We had a Bible. We had to shine our shoes on Saturday night. And I explained, we would, she would help us figure out what our offerings were and put them in an offering envelope. We did all that on Saturday night. Not one time did we ever wake up on a Sunday morning wondering if we were going to go to church we made the decision to go to church on Sunday morning on Saturday night. And I want to just say to all you parents out here, all the things you're trying to teach your kids. I would tell you to get ready on Saturday night. So what are we doing? We're getting ready for church tomorrow morning. That would be some good parenting. Can someone say Amen. Amen. Now. So. They went to the temple courts, but look at verse forty-six again. It says they also met every day in their homes. That's that koinonia, that fellowship. To pray. They went to the big church, the temple, the little church, the home. And I want to tell you why they got in those little churches, those little houses, those the smaller groups is because one day you're going to fall on tough times. One day your life is going to unravel. And when your life unravels, having more money is not going to help you. Having a cure is not going to help you. Reading a book is not going to help you. What you're going to need at that time is a friend. And your life group, the folks in that circle, will come alongside you. They will help you. They will encourage you. They will guide you. They will cry with you. They will pray with you. They will hold you accountable. They won't give up on you. And they will be with you step by step through the best of times, but they'll also be step by step with you during the worst of times. And just in case you think you don't really have to be a part of the big house or the little house, I want you to write this down, that the Greek word for church in the Bible, it's found over a hundred times in the New Testament, is this word ekklesia. That's the word, ekklesia. And the word ekklesia means assembly. There's got to be an assembly. So when you read in the Bible the church of Philippi or the church of Rome or the church of Corinth or the church of Thessalonica, they're talking about the people who gathered together. The church is not a building. It's the people who gather. Yeah. And here's what the Hebrew writer said. I want to teach you something here. Hebrews 10:25, you know this verse? He says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as some who come once a year on Easter are in the habit of doing. Now, what is this word forsake? It's kind of a weird word. What does forsake mean? It's a word that means to abandon or to neglect or to desert and what? the Hebrew writer is saying, is do not neglect. Do not abandon. Do not desert the gathering together as believers. And that word forsake is the same word that the same author uses to describe God when he says God will never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, we love that verse. The thought that God never leaves us. That's why we love God. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never abandons us. He never deserts us. We love the fact that God never forsakes us. And the Hebrew writer said, in the same way that God never forsakes you, you should never forsake the assembling together as believers. And all God's people said. Imagine... That you get drafted by the Los Angeles Rams and you are the number one running back in the NFL. You, they pay you big money, lots of fame. And on opening day of the NFL season, nationwide television, you're the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams. And on opening day, you're playing against the the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders. And you're the starting running back. And right before the game starts, the coach calls you over says, son, come here. Yes, coach. You're starting today. Oh, I'm ready to go, coach. You're the number one running back in the NFL. I know, coach. And the coach says, we're going to do something a little different today. What's that? He goes, well, you know, normally it's 11 against 11. Yeah, yeah. Well, today we're just sending you out there all by yourself. What? Well, we're going to send you out there all by yourself. Well, what do you mean exactly, Coach? Well, what I mean by that is there's not going to be a quarterback. There's not going to be any offensive line, no receivers. We're just going to send you out, and all by yourself, you're going to take on the 11 opposing players. And you go, well, how's that going to work? And Coach says, well, I've figured all this out. You're going to go out there. There's going to be a ball. You just hike it to yourself and go catch it. And then you turn, and you look up, and there's going to be 11 of them. And they're pretty good but i want you to figure out a way to get around them and go score a touchdown coach you're you've lost your mind because that guy wouldn't stand a chance and when you try to do life on your own and go up against satan by yourself let me tell you you need you need your family to help you defeat you don't stand a chance by yourself number three number three the main purpose of our dedication why Why do we do all this? You ever ask yourself why we do all this? It's that God would be glorified and that the world would be what? Saved. But every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together. We got that. But look at the next verse. What's the next verse say? Praising God. That's worship. Yeah. And enjoying the favor of all the people the lord added to their number daily who added to their number the lord the lord he added to whose number well, who what's what's their number the 3000 the church so the lord added to the church daily those who were being what say well the lord builds the church we know that but he puts two things together he didn't save them without adding them to the church And he didn't add them to the church without saving them. If you read that, he did both. He saved them and he added them to to their number. And so I just want you to see that he does both. He saves you and he puts you in the church. It's not your choice. It's something that he does. And the Bible says that every single day the church just continued to grow. And that's because they were in the big house and in the little house yeah. and they were worshiping God. I got two questions in a video and then you can go. Here's question number one. Are you actively worshiping? Did you get here on time today? Did you get your stuff together on Saturday night? I don't know how, why people come to this church we have the best worship and people are worshiping. I look over I see it every week someone, someone standing here during worship doing this that's not worship worship is you realize how great God is and how small you are and you get yourself ready and you get yourself ready on saturday night so you can get here on time and you're the first one here and when the first note sings you're here and you're singing and you're worshiping with all your might you think about all that god did not to forsake you yeah. and then you come and your gratitude should here. go. Oh. this roof should be rocking with people praising the lord in here the second question the second question is, are you participating? Are you involved? I, I, I really want you to, uh, to be honest with yourself. Are you a spectator or are you a participant? Come on, Teach. Spectator is someone who just got out of their car, came down here, sit, watch, and critiques and leaves. And a participant is someone who comes here to this church to serve. Because you all have different gifts, talents, and abilities. God gave you those gifts and talents so that you can serve the body of Christ. That's why we're here. So that, together, God would be praised and the world would be saved. And God would add to our number every single day. So, i got to show you this video. It's, it's three minutes long. Many of you know a guy named Raul. When he was born... He was born in Mexico and when he was three days old his parents took him to a bar in Mexico and they got drunk they went outside and they put their son in a paper sack and threw him on the side of the road and left him. That's how the story begins. They find him, figure out who he is, and somehow he gets into America, sneaks in, and he lives with his uncle here in L.A. And his uncle abuses him until he's in the third grade. And in the third grade... To get away from the abuse, he goes out and lives on the streets of LA by himself. He'd rather be on the streets of LA as a third grader than to live in the house with his uncle who was abusing him. And so now he's living on the streets. He has even today a third grade education, grown man. Gets hooked up with the wrong people, ends up in prison. Covered in tattoos. They're all Batman tattoos. He's got a good heart. He just had a terrible upbringing. But he gets saved in prison. The Chuck Colson prison ministry. He gets saved. He ends up getting transferred to another prison up here in Tehachapi. And one day comes, he's released. He comes back to L.A. And he's at a dentist. And the dentist asks him do you have a church? He said, no, I'm looking for one. Gave him a brochure, had shepherd church on it. When he's in prison, when he got saved, he said his favorite Bible passage was Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And he said, when I saw that name, I knew that's where God wanted me to go to church. And what they told him in prison, stay with me. What they told him in prison is when you get out and you you find a church, just serve, just serve. Show up and serve. You don't need to talk. Don't need to do anything but serve. Sit on a back row and serve. And they told him, let the king move you to the front. So this guy shows up. Nobody knows who he is. He's the guy guy with the Batman tattoos. And he starts serving. Shows up at every event we have. Setting up chairs, cleaning up trash, just serving. Finally, we had to start paying him. He was here so much. So we just paid him an hourly wage, and then we put him part time, and then he became full time. He became a part of the media ministry. We all fell in love with him, and he was the guy for years, right before I preached. He's the guy that would come up and lay this pulpit up here. The king literally moved him to the front. He ends up meeting a girl falls in love and they get married she works for LAPD <laughs> they have a baby a son he names the son Luke after one of the books of the Bible the day came where Raul came to us tears streaming down his face and he says, We're moving to Tennessee. And we were just all heartbroken. And Rawl was involved in our cycling, where we cycle. And every Saturday, we did it yesterday. We meet here at the church on our bicycles, and we ride all the way to Santa Monica and have coffee, and then we come back. And he was a part of that. In any type of ministry you're involved, that's like the little house that's that accountability and the friendship the koinonia the caring and the praying for one another well the last time he rode his bike before he moved to Tennessee we're outside it's bad weather we ride even in bad weather and it was recorded it's three minutes long. I want you to watch it, and I want to tell you one thing before you get out of here. Let's watch this video.
0: Raul's been with us from practically from day one, and I never thought I'd see this guy leave this place. Mm-hmm. He's leaving, and he's going to Tennessee, and we love him dearly. We
2: love Absolutely. him dearly, so. We love you, bro. Yeah. yeah. Pastor Debbie. You. gonna miss
1: you, man. Well, we could talk you out of this. Yeah, <laughs> five minutes.
2: You haven't given us a chance.
1: You're a good man, buddy. Mm-hmm. Serve the Lord well here.
2: Yeah, helped a lot of us, bro. We're
1: sending you on a mission trip. Yeah, those hillbillies. <laughs> should have kept all those tattoos man. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. That's funny. Uh, listen Lord, thank you for today and uh, it's sad for all of us uh, and for all because we just love him so much and he's just been here at this church for so long and just serves. That's all he does. It's all he's ever done. It's all he's ever known. We thank you for his uh, story, uh, his testimony, and we know that Shepherd played a big part of that. And uh, we know that as he heads off into the next season of his life, God, that that story will continue to be written. And as exciting as all this has been for him, that the next chapter will be equally as encouraging and inspiring. And uh, just let him know as he leaves that he's well-loved and um, we'll keep him in our prayers. And you can always come back. That's the great thing about it. And um, Lord willing, we'll all still be here. Mm-hmm. We know one day we'll all be together in heaven uh, forever and ever. And that's because of our faith in you. And so thank you for loving us. And thank you for all these guys in the circle. And uh, just just help us have a good ride today and be safe in this somewhat dangerous weather and environment. And get back and have a great weekend. So we we'll are all put that... Podium up on that stage for me uh, once again. God, we love him, just be with him and his family. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen.
0: amen. amen. Yeah. <laughs> love you
1: guys, bless you, Raoul. You all, all
2: mm hmm. Been good, bro. It's been good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> better than being street there. able to. I mean, I think it's hard and everything for you. We <laughs> mm-hmm. love you, brother. I love you man. We'll miss you.
0: You'd and in, in about a few months, we might all be in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone thinking about it? That's all
2: right. Yeah. You tell them what it looks like when you get there. <laughs> Make sure to remember us and reach back.
1: So you're going to really wish you hadn't given us your address. Yeah. Exactly. The good news is I'm taking my life to business. I'm going to continue it. Uh, continue it cause there's some shepherd people over there that nearby, so i I got the okay to continue life with there, so uh, it's a good part. I like that. Some of you are gonna think I'm half crazy, but when I look at that, I believe that's what it was like with Jesus and his twelve disciples. They weren't riding bikes and they didn't wear spandex. I understand that. But they wore sandals. And they worked on fishing nets. And I think they laughed. I think they cried. I think they prayed. I think they told jokes. And they did life together. And that's why you need to be in church and be involved in a small group do you know why rawl is so emotional where was he born born in Mexico what did his parents do to him they put him in a sack And left him on the side of the road to die. What did his uncle do to him? Abused him. And what did the streets of L.A. do to him? Just ate him up. And when he came here, this is the only family he's ever had. This is the only family he's ever known. And at the very end, he said he's going to take his life group, which is his family and those that he knows from Shepherd. They're going to keep meeting. He's watching this sermon. They're going to be meeting in their life group just like you do it here. And that's why you need to be in the big house, and that's why you need to be in the little house. And worship and participate and serve God. And imagine what God would do if every single person who said they're saved were in church each and every week, truly worshiping God, studying those scriptures, taking communion every week, praying from their hearts. Oh, listen, we could change this city. We could change your neighborhood. We could change this world if we all worshiped, if we all
0: participated. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. Four seven seven seven. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach.
2: Let's be honest, worry, stress, and exhaustion can so easily weigh us down, especially at this time of the year. This is Kayla Francis, and whether you're facing financial hardship, relational strife, health challenges, or even just the busyness of life... Be encouraged that peace, real peace, is available to you. Just over 2,000 years ago, in the city of Bethlehem, a baby was born. While that baby was given the name Jesus, the Bible says that this Jesus would also be called the Prince of Peace. It is in His story that we find the true and lasting peace that our souls long for. This Christmas Eve, I want to invite you to celebrate the birth of the Savior with Shepherd Church's brand new location in Simi Valley. We'll be hosting three services on Sunday, December 24th. There will be live worship, a powerful sermon, and the beautiful candlelit singing of Silent Night. For more information and to plan your visit, please log on to www.shepherdchurch.com. That's www.shepherdchurch.com. No matter who you are or what you're facing, there is peace for you in Jesus. Merry Christmas, and I'll see you at Shepherd Church.
0: I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.